Baseball Money is Fake on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by the College Basketball Experience. March Madness is heating up, and you need to subscribe to the College Basketball Experience. It's awesome, baby! Welcome to Baseball Money is Fake, a fantasy baseball podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I am Blake Meyer. I'm back, baby. I was at spring training for like a week and a half. Had a blast. Kind of missed doing this. I'm not going to lie. Like, this has become one of my favorite things in the entire world to do. And I missed you guys. I missed you, Ryan, even though I still texted you like every day. But, you know, it, it is what it is. Uh, and if you couldn't tell, I am back here with Ryan. How you doing, man? Yeah, I'm doing good. I I, I made sure you uh, enjoyed your vacation and did not do any recording work there, even though you did <laughs> did some little work you, you were telling me about. But yeah, it's uh, it's good to have you back. Good to have the team back together here talking some fantasy baseball. As I mean, I think now we're just in prime fantasy baseball draft season. So this is when we should be uh, getting really into the thick of things. We had our positional rankings throughout, you know, end of January and February, but now. You know, we got we got clean games to talk about. We got the World Baseball Classic. We got injury news. We got people making moves. So, uh, yeah, going to be an interesting three weeks up until the uh, opening day. Yeah, and I cannot wait. I am currently in two drafts right now. Uh, I don't know how many you're in. I'm in the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational, the slowest fucking draft in the world. And you're faster I than mine. Am barely. And then I am also in the fantasy six pack. Uh, that's going right now, and I'm doing a wild draft. It. We talked about pretty like the take a picture early draft strategy, mm-hmm. except I leaned into it like very hard, and I absolutely love it. I we're in round five. It might be a little bit till it gets back to me. Same four hour pick clock, but I took Trey Turner in the first round, and I have taken four pitchers in the next four rounds. Ooh, I just decided, you know what, like. My pitchers are, let's see, I went Trey Turner, and then it looped back around. I got Sandy Alcantara, looped back around. I got, man, I don't even remember. I got, like, Alcantara, Zach Wheeler, uh, Max Scherzer, and who even cares at that point? It was my third-round pick. You got Woodruff, too. crazy. W- Woodruff, too. Is, is Woodruff, that's right. Woodruff. Me. There we go. I knew, uh, I, I knew you'd come through for me. I, I love him this year. I think he's uh, going to be someone definitely to keep an eye on. That 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 Brewers top of the rotation with uh, Corbin Burns and, and Brandon Woodruff is going to be pretty good. Yeah, they they always seem to be really good overall. Like Woodruff's good, Corbin Burns is good. Ashby has excellent strikeout stuff if he can get healthy. Uh, Eric Lauer started off really really hot last year, so he's somebody that could be good as well. So I don't know what they are putting in the water over there, but they create some pretty fucking good starting pitchers, which is what we're here to talk about. But we're not going to get there yet because I got to talk about some spring training, man. That was an absolute blast. I threw threw a little curveball there, no pun intended. But yeah, I got back last night and I am 
back to the real world, which is kind of cool. But also, like, I missed the sun in Arizona. We had, like, a giant pool and shit at the house and a hot tub. Just hot tub until, like, midnight, beer in hand. It was incredible. I'm jealous, yeah. It's been sunny here, but, like, it's that sunny where it's, like, fake spring where it looks nice out when you go outside <laughs> and it's it's windy and 40 degrees or, or colder. So we had, we had a good day, I think, on, on Sunday or Monday. I went out for a walk. It was, like, in the 50s, but... Since then, it's just going to be lousy smart weather for the uh, for the foreseeable future. Yeah, and it, it, that's kind of how it is here, too. Like, if I look out my window, it's, like, kind of sunny, but it's, like, 36 degrees here, which sucks. Uh, in Arizona, when we landed last Wednesday, that was – so I live in Washington. I'm very familiar with the rain. We get it a lot. That was in Arizona the hardest rain I've ever experienced in my entire life. It was a little monsoon. And we had this rental van that the window was like fucked up on, but I didn't know it. It's like trying on the freeway and it's like, it's really loud. Like the doors open. I'm like checking the doors aren't open. Whatever. Keep going. It's louder. So I like try to roll the window up a little bit. Nothing happens, like still really loud. So I rolled the window down and then back up a little, just thinking like, fuck it, or like maybe it'll seal up that way. Mm-hmm. And when I did that, the window popped out in the middle of the freeway, 65 mile an hour freeways there. So I'm literally reaching out and holding the window of the van while I'm driving down the freeway, trying to make sure that the window on a rental van doesn't fly off. It one hell of a start. <laughs> we survived though, thankfully for everybody. Uh, I caught two Mariners games when I was there. I caught the walk-off on, man, what day was that, Friday? And then the loss to the Colorado Rockies, like 7-2 to two over the weekend as well, which not quite as fun, but I got to watch Julio play, so I'm a happy man. Yeah, I'm jealous. You're going to see uh, some baseball in person. I'm going to be uh, looking forward to that when the Phillies come back up north, even though it's going to be pretty cold, I'm, I'm assuming, in April for those games. But I'll, I'll, I'll stick it out for, for a few games for the uh, reigning NL champions. Uh, before I get into it, make sure you are following our us on Twitter at Fake Baseball, uh, YouTube as well at Fake Baseball Money. Same thing on TikTok. Blake has been pumping out the shorts and the clips, even while he was on vacation. He's just grind never stops for him. So uh, make sure you check those out and make sure you are subscribed to the Baseball Money is Fake feed. Uh, that's where our podcast get posted first. You can turn on auto downloads there. And yeah, leave us a five-star rating and review if you're on Apple Podcasts. It helps the uh, podcast grow as we get into the season more here. And on Spotify, you can leave us a five-star rating. And we're always open to your feedback and questions or whatever on Twitter at Fake Baseball. Absolutely. Um, Man, do we want to hop into it or do we want to do the ad first? What are we thinking? Well, WinBet is the official online sports book of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet's active in a bunch of states, and there are tons of ways to win, including live betting and same-game parlays, a.k.a. WinBet's build-your-own-bet. March Madness is almost here, plus plenty of ways to win, getting down on the NBA, NHL, and XFL. Sign up today to receive a special offer, bet $100, get $100, limited to state availability. And of course, if you hit the biggest long-shot parlay of the week, you get $1,000 free credit. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Most of one or older and presidents they were played through winbet is available. If you are somebody who knows a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right. So the reason you all are here, we're talking some starting pitching, which we admittedly probably don't do as much as we should. Because we are very 
we're very hit forward here. You kind of you, you stick to what you know the best because it makes the most sense. But we can't just completely neglect pitching. Mm-hmm. And so we figured instead of doing a like a very like top heavy pitcher thing, like where we discuss like, ooh, should you take Jacob Degrom or should you take Sandy Alcantara? We mix it up. Uh, we're gonna go down a list that we have each created on our own of our top five. Not re- uh, I don't know if I'd say top five, kind of like our five favorite pitchers outside of the top 20 uh, going based off of ADP. And so just kind of some guys that are maybe not necessarily super late rounds, but later rounds, middle rounds, that sort of thing. And just kind of give a, a little feeling on how we how we go about uh, analyzing some of these guys. So I'm going to throw it to you first, Ryan. Who's right, the first um... on your list? I'll kick it off then. One of my earliest guys here is Logan Webb. His uh, ADP is 117. He's just been a, a steady guy for the for the Giants over the past uh, two seasons. Combined, he is 26 and 12 with a 2.96 ERA and 340 innings, 321 strikeouts. So he's not one of these strikeouts per nine over nine. I mean, he was two years ago, not last year. And you know, he may not get as many wins as he did in the past two years, but he, he's going to keep the Giants in games. The Giants are good enough to score a few runs for him, and hopefully he can uh, get those wins. And also the quality starts, too, for, for the leagues that have quality starts. he's uh, He pitched 192 innings last year. I know he think I think he had some sort of back issue towards the end of last year that kind of slowed him down a bit, but I think you know he's still 26. He's I think he's overlooked a bit. He should be at least in the top ADP 100, I would think. Yeah, I like Logan Webb, especially – he plays for a team that is going to be, uh, I mean, they're going to win a decent amount of games, so he should be in line at least for some wins, which is nice, which you, you don't really necessarily want to count on wins, but it's a five-by-five five category thing. You need some wins, and so playing for a good team is a start for that, and he's got some nasty pitches. Like He's got three pitches that he throws over 30%, and he does pretty well with all of them. I'm not the biggest fan on his uh, sinker placement because it's kind of right down the middle. But, I mean, his slider and changeup, he dots up pretty well. He's got like a 10-mile-an-hour difference between his slider and his sinker. So it's a little deceptive, and it moves pretty pretty good as well. He gets 2,600 RPMs on that slider. I got to start reading these notes on the phone. He's a good pitcher. He's, he's what you look for. He's a three-pitcher, but two of them are elite, and the, the sinker is – it's a decent pitch. He gets better whiff rates on the, the changeup and the – and the slider, he's again. He's gonna get get you those wins that you're looking for. And I gotta get back in the swing of this podcasting. But yeah, he's he's like that. What did you say? ADP was again? His ADP is a hundred and uh, seventeen since the beginning of February on NFBC. Yeah, I just think he should be up there more with guys like you know, you Darvish, Zach Gallen, Max Fried, Framber Valdez up there in the seventies or eighties. I think. I wouldn't be comfortable with him like being my number one ace, but if if you go with the strategy where you're getting a bunch of hitters early and you want to get Webb and some other guys, I mean, I have a 118 on here, I have 149. So if you want if you want to just get a few pitchers in this range, I I don't think that's a bad idea. But uh, yeah, who, who's who's your top guy? Uh, my first one, I am hoping I didn't mess this up because my first one, I just went kind of like the fantasy pros consensus ADPs. Mm-hmm. which is dumb of me because we literally always do just the NFBC ADP. And I don't know why I did that. 
But my first one is Christian Javier. I got to make sure he's outside the top 20 on on NFBC. He's the but, 21st pitcher, but that includes closers. But, but it, I'll, You it, know what? I'll, I'll take it. Counts. I'll take Go it. Go ahead. I'll take it. Uh, again, he's going to be in line for a lot of wins. He had a really good season last year. I mean, he went, was that 11 and 9 last year? Pitched 148 innings, but he had just shy of a 12K9, which is something you look for in a 2.54 ERA. Uh, I saw this video. I think it was like, what, Foolish Baseball? I absolutely love that YouTube channel, by the way. I mean, I don't know Bailey at all or anything, but he makes some damn good content. And I think I swear it was his channel. If it's not his channel, somebody please tell me that I'm wrong. But talks about the reason he's so successful is because the spin that he gets on the ball, he does his fastball like 60% of the time, which is crazy for a starting pitcher. That's not throwing 100 whatever miles an hour, like 100 green. But he is able to get a lot of people to go under the ball or to get under the ball. So he gets a lot of flyouts over the ball, get a lot of ground outs. And he pinpoints those a lot. Like he, he throws his fastball about 94 miles an hour and it lives in the upper of the zone. And his slider just dots that outside corner consistently, like pinpoint accuracy, which is incredible. The K minus walk rate, I think, is like nine. Again, excellent. And with Justin Verlander gone, it just bumps him up in the rotation. I think number Valdez is going to be the ace. Christian Javier will be the number two, which is going to work out perfect because it gives him some more beneficial matchups against other teams' number twos, except for the Seattle Mariners. I have to throw that out there. He's going to be going up against like George Kirby or something. So fuck you, Astros. But love Christian Javier. He's actually my uh, dark horse for ALM or not ALMVP, AL Cy Young this year. So again, he, you said he was 21st, including closers. Uh, NC Pro's consensus one, he was like 22nd, not including closers. So I don't know who's really hating on him that much to lower that ADP, probably ESPN. But yeah, I, I like him a lot this year. Yeah, I think that, that's a good look. Like you said, with Verlander gone, he's going to be in the rotation. He's been a guy that's kind of gone back and forth from the bullpen to the rotation, but he really came into his own in the second half last year. He was a five, only five and four, but he had a 179 ERA with 82 strikeouts in 70 innings, only 22 walks, 14 earned runs in, in 70 innings. So that, that's pretty good there. Uh, mm-hmm. The AL West is tougher now with the with the Mariners and you know the Angels and if they're healthy and the Rangers. But yeah, I think he's another. He's going to be uh, 26 later this month. Still in his prime, he's and he showed what he can do. So that's a good uh someone that you know may not be necessarily too far outside the top twenty, but maybe should be <laughs> on your radar rather than reaching for like a Verlander or a Scherzer or a Wheeler, just waiting a few rounds for uh, for Javier. So yeah, I, I don't mind that one at all. Who you got next? Uh, I got someone that I I did not like heading into last year or even last year, but looking at his uh, second half was absolutely unbelievable. And overall, it was just uh, overall, he had a 3.38 ERA with 171 strikeouts and 128 innings. It is Blake Snell. Blake Snell has definitely been up and down in his career. Uh, His ADP is right after Logan Webb, uh, 118. So, and Snell's a guy that, you know, I guess he can turn it around later in the season, but you know, if he starts out slow, you can drop him. If, if he he's not going to be one of these middling guys, where like, okay, I'm going to hold on to him, whatever. You know, if he's going to be good or bad. And and last year, 
in the second half. He went seven and five with a two one nine ERA with one hundred five strikeouts in seventy eight innings. Uh, first half he was one and six with a five two two ERA with only sixty six strikeouts in fifty innings. So case per nine over twelve in the second half. Um, only twenty walks in the second half, which is big for him. I think that's something he struggled with. Uh, he had a tough. Tough, tough June, pretty much. But July two eight one ERA, August two eight one, September two oh six. So with that uh, improved Padres team, should be in line for more victories and should be a ton of strikeouts there. So I think Blake Snell is probably way too low based off based off his uh, what he did last year. I know his first year in San Diego wasn't good. One of his years, his post Cy Young year, was his worst of his career, but it looks like now he's figured something out and that's going to only continue into this season. Yeah. And looking at his baseball savant, his pitch data right now, he had three pitches with over a 43% whiff rate, which is nuts. He's very fastball dominant. He throws his fastball 55% of the time, but his slider has a 46% whiff rate, curveball 43% whiff rate, change up 45.7% whiff rate. So I don't know what clicked last year, because he was terrible the year before, and in that first half last year, he was not very good. But I don't know what clicked, but the man is missing bass, and he plays for, again, a team that puts him in line to win a lot of games. So even if he does sit around that 3-5 ERA mark this year, he could win 14 to 15 games easily right there. And winning 15 games isn't something that a lot of pitchers seem to do anymore. Like It's... 12 wins is something you really shoot for in a starter this year. So if you can find a guy that's probably going to just back his way into 15 wins just because of the team he plays for, excellent. And, yeah, if he can have that second-half dominance this year, he could be a 200-strikeout guy. And let's Mm -hmm. admit, he's also got a pretty sweet fucking name, too. So (laughs) I'm a fan. Yeah, I, I get where the where the you know people are hesitant to draft him. That's coming from he hasn't pitched more than 128 innings since his Cy Young year. He has had some troubles, been up and down, but you know he's he's somebody. But like I said, not necessarily high risk, high reward, but higher risk, higher reward than some of these other guys that are in a in a similar ADP. But uh, who, who's your second guy on your list? Okay, so if you are. A listener of the show, you know that I love me some Mariners, so I gotta, I gotta go Mariners, man. I gotta go George Kirby. ADP, uh, he's the 39th pitcher right now, which my Mariners bias aside, I think is absolutely too low for George Kirby. Uh, I think his ADP is like 104, 107, right in that range, like between 100 and 110. So he has so much upside because there's a legitimate chance that he's the Mariners number three he could be the number two because i think he has a higher upside than logan gilbert who's actually getting drafted ahead of george kirby if i remember correctly so i think george kirby has the higher upside he has strikeout stuff he had 9.2 k's per nine last year which is probably right around where he's gonna sit but if somebody can get nine ten k's per nine that's nice but he does not walk batters he had a 1.5 Walks per nine last year, which I think it would have been like top. It was like top 10 in the league or something like that. Like he's pretty, pretty close to that upper, upper, upper tier in terms of walks and limiting guys getting on base, playing for a good team like the Mariners. He's got solid pitches too. And if I remember correctly, he just learned another pitch this offseason. Don't quote me on that. I like all the Mariners, I swear, went to driveline and learned new pitches this year. <laughs> They're pulling the Dodgers. 
Um, I got to see George Kirby pitch over this last weekend. He got shelled, but I do believe he was working on his new pitch, and that is what caused him to get shelled because he only pitched like one inning. He gave up a, a dinger. I think it was to Toglia of mm-hmm. Colorado. Gave up yeah. a monster home run. I almost caught it, but I didn't. <laughs> but, yeah, I think he's way too low. Uh, to be, The 39th starting pitcher seems wild to me. He's got top 25 upside. And there's not many guys you're going to find outside. Like when you get like around the 40th pitcher, they're going to have top 25 upside. And I absolutely love it. Yeah. There's definitely a lot, a lot of upside there. It's uh, I, I can see where people are, are going to be hesitant with him too, just because of, you know, he's going to be a sophomore, sophomore slump. Will, will that come into play? But like you said, he has, he has that high upside where he could end up being a top 25, if not, if not top 20 pitcher, you know? Yeah. And that's just something we'll have to have to wait and see. Where are you going with your next one? Uh, my next one here, I have Freddie Peralta, another uh, Brewers pitcher we were talking about. He's uh, down at 149 ADP. He dealt with injuries, I think, last year. But before that, he was uh, in, where are we at? 2021. I know I pulled up Willie Peralta's. Uh, <laughs> it's not going to be. Nearly as good. <laughs> uh, in 2021, he went 10 and 5 with a 281 ERA, 195 strikeouts, and only 144 innings. It's a case per nine of 12. Last year, when he was healthy, uh, case per nine of 9.9, uh, 4 and 4 with a 3.58 ERA in 78 innings. So I think he's someone that, if he can stay healthy, which, which he did two years ago, he can definitely be right now, he's the 54th pitcher on NFBC. That includes starters and relievers so probably 45th maybe maybe starter i think he can definitely be higher than that and you know i i, I guess i have a theme here after i, I have logan webb who's, who's like a steady guy and then i have snell who kind of high risk high reward uh peralta and then i have a few more guys that are like that as well but i, I think he's someone that could easily outperform his uh adp and he's gonna be someone i'm trying to target in my drafts i I love it. I that's one of those names that like I looked at and then skipped over, but in the back of my head, I was like, maybe I should add him to the list. He's another Brewers pitcher that I didn't mention in the beginning that just has electric stuff. The injuries did mess up his year a little bit last year. I know it messed up my fantasy year last year a bit because I drafted him fairly high, if I remember correctly. And then he just didn't play for the longest time. I think he made 18 starts last year. But again, another guy with excellent whiff stuff. Uh, slider last year, 30% whiff rate, curveball, 37% whiff rate, change up. He didn't really throw enough for it to matter, but it was a 31% whiff rate. So he misses some bats, uh, and he limits hard contact so well. He had a 2.7, 2.70 expected ERA. His barrel rate that he gave up was only three and a half percent, which is excellent. 31.3% hard hit rate against which third percentile in all of baseball he does everything you want he misses bats and then when people make contact it's really weak contact so i love the upside there i think he is that 2021 version of himself that is his real version of himself and last year was just kind of a a fluky damn i was injured let's run it back next year type of year and yeah you said is he was where 40th 45th uh 54th 
54. Oh, oh pitcher, I'm dyslexic yeah. there for a minute. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, that's way too low. Again, if he's a 2021 version of himself, that's a top 25 pitcher that you're getting 54th. Mm-hmm. Love the pick. All right. Who you got next? Next up for me, Joe Ryan. Ooh. And I'm going to preface this by saying very good name, strong last name. Yes. Uh, I'm going to preface this by saying I don't entirely know why Joe Ryan is on my list. Some very good <laughs> insight there. Uh, well, I mean, when we had uh, Nick Pollock, a pitcher list on, Joe Ryan was a guy that he is very, very high on. So, admittedly, that makes me high on Joe Ryan. But he actually, I mean, he's a good-ass pitcher. He plays for Minnesota. This is going to be the theme of the episode. He plays for a team that's going to put him in line to win a good chunk of games. Uh, he pitched, where they pitched 147 innings last year, 151 strikeouts, went 13-8 and eight with a 3-5 ERA. His whip was pretty damn good, 1.1 whip. He throws three, four, five, six different pitches effectively, five different pitches effectively. He doesn't miss bats quite like some of the other names we've mentioned have. I mean, his best pitch is his slider with a just shy of a 30% whiff rate, which is pretty good. Uh, but his fastball only had a 174 batting average against. So gets a good amount of ground balls. Not necessarily going to have an impactful amount of strikeouts in fantasy, but he did average about one one per inning last year, a little over one per inning. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't have a ton of insight. I think he was the, the like, that sounds terrible, but it's just admit like he was the 44th pitcher on my, on my fantasy pros consensus rankings. I think he's higher than I think he's top 40. So not a huge value, but a little value there. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you. I don't have too much to say about Joe Ryan looking at his last year's stats. He started strong in uh, April 1.170 or a May 3.54, but then, June, July, both over five, August over four, but settled back down to September, October, 2.20 ERA, uh, 30 strikeouts and 28 and two thirds innings to end that's that season there. So yeah, I, I think Joe Ryan, you know, might be appropriately drafted. I don't, I admittedly don't know too much about him or, or what, where he should be going, but I think he, he has that upside. He improved from 2021 to 2022 and you could see that continue uh, this season. I agree. Now I'm curious where you're where you're well, going I, with your. Oh, I'm gonna fourth. I'm gonna I'm gonna shout out uh, Underdog Fantasy here. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is heating up for March Madness. College Pick'em is a great way to get in on the action, especially if your bracket is busted after day one. Plus, Underdog Fantasy has your favorite college basketball player props. Head over to UnderdogFantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a hundred percent deposit bonus up to one hundred dollars. That's UnderdogFantasy.com promo code SGPN. All right, yeah, I'm going to keep it going here with my uh, injured players returning from injury uh, theme here. Freddie Peralta was at 149. Uh, this next guy is at 150 with uh, Lucas Giolito is between them. Uh, it's Chris Sale. Chris Sale is at 150.21. He just made his first uh, spring training start the other day. I heard him on a podcast. He's got a nice fresh perspective for this season. I think, you know, he was... He's known for his intensity. He broke the TV after his <laughs> after his uh, rehab start last year. He came back, was looking good, then line drive freak injury hit him in the pinky. And yeah, admittedly, he he he's not a uh, a safe pick. He's not someone that you can be like, okay, Chris, say I can count on him, like I can count on you know around him, Giolito or, or 
or Joe Ryan or Chris Bassett, a few starters after him, but he has that upside. And that is what you want when you're looking for here in the mid teens round and looking for that pitcher that, you know, if Chris Sale comes out and stays healthy, he's going to be on your roster. If he comes out and struggles and is showing signs of, of those injuries, he's not. And he, he was electric in his uh, first start. I think he hit, topped out at 96 when we had uh, Steven Souza Jr. on. He said he was his least favorite pitcher to face. So, you know, the Red Sox are not going to be good. We don't have that theme continued here with that, with put him in uh, a <laughs> position to win a lot of games. But he'll get his strikeouts up. His career case per nine is 11.1. So as long as he t- stays healthy, I think uh, he's someone that he struck out 300 guys in 2017, struck out over 200 every season between 2013 and 2019. So if he can get back to that, you're going to reap your rewards here at uh, ADP 150. I like that you mentioned the the Vila from his last start because I was just looking at his baseball savant page. Only made two starts last year, but his fastball Vila was it averaged like ninety four point nine miles an hour, which is up like it was like his highest since twenty eighteen, I think. So if he can come out with that higher Velo, everybody knows he's got the disgusting slider as you mentioned, as mm-hmm. Steven Souza mentioned. Having that higher velocity makes an impact because. When you're you're older, the velo fades, and unless your name is like Jamie Moyer or something, you're not going to be able to pitch that late into your career with the lower velo. We've seen older guys like Scherzer still has good velo, Verlander still has excellent velo as he gets older. Chris Sale needs to stay healthy. He needs to stay away from those freak accidents that are also somewhat his fault. Like when he fucking didn't he hurt his hand when he broke the TV or some shit. I don't know I if he did that, bro. It was but... it was something like earlier where he like or some anger and he hurt himself. I think. I still remember. Isn't he the one that like cut up his jersey with scissors? When yeah, it was to, the like, it was the Sox? it was the White Sox retro that he didn't want to wear, so he just cut him up. That's incredible. Like <laughs> that is the temper tantrum of all temper tantrums. <laughs> I love that pick though. Like he he just needs to stay healthy. If he stays healthy, if he stays healthy, he's an ace in fantasy and in mm-hmm. real baseball. So yeah, that's a, a discount and a half. Red Sox kind of suck, but I think they have a sneaky good lineup. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. But my next pick is Jeffrey Springs. Okay. For Tampa Bay, uh, I believe he is the highest contract they've ever given a free agent or something like that. Something on those lines. So they believe in him. Uh, Three pitch guy. I, not the craziest velo as we just talked about velo with Chris Sale. I think he's got like a five mile per hour difference between all three of his pitches that he throws. Not necessarily <coughs> blowing past people, but he was nine and five last year in 135 innings, had 144 Ks and a 245 ERA. Tampa Bay is kind of like Milwaukee. They do an excellent job with their pitchers and getting the most out of them. And with like, Tyler Glass now injured. That leaves a bigger spot in rotation open, a more impactful spot. He should see some more meaningful innings, like 135 last year. He could hit 170 innings this year. I just love it. He's all the way down as the 49th pitcher that I had on my list, which is different from your list, but that's okay. Uh, He's somebody that I have been targeting later in round. Because as of right now, he is going as the, 
I'm terrible at finding these guys on the fucking ADP thing. There we go. 67th pitcher on NFBC with an ADP of 171. And you've got a potential 12 win guy with a sub three ERA that you can get in like the 15th round. That alone for me is value. He's somebody that a lot of people should be targeting if you aren't already. And yeah, I think he's in line for a big year this year. He's a lot or he's a guy that a lot of people aren't necessarily keyed in on, especially at casual fantasy baseball guys. So, mm-hmm. it, I mean, if you're listening to this, you're likely not a casual fantasy <laughs> baseball player. So, yeah, he is somebody that you should be targeting this year, and I love the value there. Yeah, I didn't have too much to say about Joe Ryan, but I, I do love uh, the Jeffrey Springs pick here, especially at ADP 172, even later than the guys we've already talked about. And, like, I'd probably – I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up better than Chris Sale, Freddie Peralta – up there with the with the Logan Webb, Blake Snell types, because yeah, the Rays do seem to get the best out of their pitchers. We saw that with him over the past two seasons. You know, before signing with Tampa, he had Texas and Boston in three years. His ERA was five point four two in eighty four innings. Uh, two years ago, was three point four three in forty innings, forty four innings, and then last year, like you said, two point four six ERA, one hundred thirty five innings, one hundred forty four strikeouts. Yeah, the Rays just they, they get the best out of their guys and. People might be like, "Oh, Spring is—I haven't heard about before." Is he like, a, is he a young guy? No, he's, he's thirty years old. He—he—he he, he has his pitches that he has, and the Rays know how to take advantage of them. So he's—he is someone also I have been targeting in the later rounds of my best ball drafts. So, yeah, hopefully he—he uh, he pans out, and if, if he can put up numbers similar to, to last season, he's going to be an absolute steal there at uh, one seventy-two. All right, so I only have one more name. Who's who's your next name? Uh, I got I got one more because the, the two I was going to I I crossed them off because I, I don't want to talk about it. but the, my last guy here <laughs> is someone that actually my uh, my brother pointed out to me I've been taking him in best ball drafts uh, is uh, Reed Detmers of the Ooh. Los Angeles Angels only 23 years old 24 in July had a uh, excellent second half last season um, in 59 innings he went five and three the 3.36 ERA in 65 strikeouts in 59 innings. In the first half, he pitched 11 more innings, but had uh, eight fewer strikeouts and a higher ERA. You know, we keep talking about, are the Angels finally going to be good this year? Can they finally stay healthy, put it together? And maybe they can, but I think even if not, Detmers should be able to put up eight, nine, ten wins, perhaps. He had seven last year. Uh, he's expected to be, is he their number, number five, according to Fangraphs, which is, which is kind of wild behind... I mean, it's Otani and then everyone else. Otani, Sandoval, mm-hmm. Anderson, Suarez, and Denver. So, I mean, he, I wouldn't be shocked if he emerges as as the second best pitcher in that rotation. He he has the stuff. He he has the potential. So, I like him at uh all the way down ADP two ten. So he's someone that you know you, you you grab him and if he has a few bad starts, you cut bait. But otherwise, you uh you keep it going and, and you ride him all season. Uh, I like him as well. Didn't he throw a perfect game last year? Mr. Perfect uh, Game is a rookie. I think so, didn't he? Ready to come close? Or was there a no hitter? Uh, when I searched Reed Detmer's perfect game, it's the perfect. It was a no hitter. Oh, oh, no hitter. Okay, okay. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, per- there hasn't been a perfect game in a while. I don't think there hasn't. But no hitter's not bad though for a rookie. Uh, he yeah, started strong. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they're okay. There's only it's, been like, yeah, you know, it's been like not that many, but. Uh, he started strong. I think he had a kind of a rough patch there. I know uh, Noah from the MLB Gambling Podcast is a big, big, big Reed, ne- Reed Detmers fan. 
if I could talk correctly. Uh, yeah, he's again playing for a good team or what's supposed to be a good team. I don't even know. Like, I'm so back and forth on the Angels because we said it on a lot of episodes now where they have like six guys that could hit 20 home runs. Offensively, they're going to be there. Defensively, who the hell knows? But Detmers is the number five. That's going to put him in for some very beneficial matchups against other number fives, maybe against other number ones every once in a while, depending on how shit lines up. But he's so cheap that it's pretty much all upside at that point. Like when Mm -hmm. you're drafting him, he is at that level where like you draft him and he performs and you're happy as hell or he draft you draft him and he fucking sucks and you just drop him. And it's no skin off your back. Like I love that pick very much. I think he's going to be, it's hard because I want to say league winning pick, but that that puts like more implication on what I'm saying or whatever. Like it, those are the guys that you need in order to win your drafts consistently or win your leagues consistently. You need to be able to draft guys like that, that you can get later on that way outperform their ADP. And he is the type of person that could be league winning. Like Oscar Gonzalez at the end of last year for the guardians absolutely killed it in the final like month and a half of the season. That's a league winning type of player because it's somebody mm-hmm. that comes out of nowhere for cheap that just destroys and takes your, you and your team to the next level. And I think Reed Detmers could be that. Yeah. Who's uh, your final guy on your list here? Grayson Rodriguez. I had to add him in there. Okay. I had him on my two, list, two. but I, did, I didn't want to talk about him because I figured a lot of people are talking about him. And it might be getting to the point where he's over overhyped or overdrafted a bit, but I, maybe not yet. I, he is potentially overdrafted, but his ADP is still like 189 or 190, something mm-hmm. like that. And he is the 75th pitcher on NFBC, so I still think there is some value there. He is on everybody's radar at this point. And his ADP is climbing because I think when we first started talking about Grayson Rodriguez, he was closer to like 250. And so he's already jumped up like 70 spots just in the last couple months of us mentioning him. But he's been killing it this spring. He's got like six strikeouts through three innings or something like that so far. Looks electric. I think his last start, it only took him 20 pitches to go two innings. Some some wild, fucking wild, un, un heard of type of shit. Not really unheard of, but I don't fucking know. I started to say it, so we'll keep it in there. He's just so good, and Baltimore's going to call him at the beginning of the year. He's going to make the opening day roster, whether or not they want to admit it, whether they have or haven't said it yet. I haven't really checked. He will make it just because the bonuses for starting your rookies on the opening day roster and having them be rookie of the year or even be in the rookie of the year hunt far outweigh the old, oh man, we need to let him sit down for a month just to make sure that he looks good against the triple A pitching and then have him just mow through hitters for a month. makes no sense to bring him up, let the man play. He's got everything you need. He's got strikeout stuff. He limits the walks. He's all, he almost has the command of a George Kirby with better strikeout stuff, which is kind of big to say. Cause like I said, George Kirby is like the 39th pitcher on my, on the fantasy pros consensus thing, the 39th pitcher with top 25 upside. So Grayson Rodriguez has that same type of upside. It's just, he's too good to not mention. Yeah, no, I I completely agree. He, he definitely has more upside than where he's still being drafted. And I think until he's named to the opening day roster, he might still have this 
ADP low enough where you can draft him. I mean, looking at his last year numbers in Triple uh, A, six and one, two point two ERA in sixty nine innings, ninety seven strikeouts, K's per nine twelve point five. And it's not like he's like Andrew Painter who's nineteen or twenty, and he's he's twenty three, so he's has uh, he started playing rookie ball in twenty eighteen, has four or five seasons of uh, professional baseball under his belt, and has just gotten better and better and. I know the Orioles owner has come out and said like they're not going to spend or whatever, but they have Rutschman, they have Henderson, they have Mullins, they have Santander. They have to line up, and now he's going to be one of their probably their ace. I mean, as long as he makes the opening day roster, which he should, I think Rodriguez is, is definitely a, someone to target that should be being drafted a bit higher. Yeah, and even if they don't want to make him their ace, I mean, I think John Means comes back in, in April may something like that he should be back this year and he can go back to being the ace and let grayson rodriguez be the number two give him those a little more favorable matchups and yeah again he he could win 12 12 games right out of the gate like a 12 and 8 type season with a 3-1 era Mm -hmm. and a 12 k9 like if he does that i wouldn't be surprised at all and He's somebody that I think a lot of people are going to be kicking themselves for not drafting even by the all-star break. Yeah, I, I would happily take him rather than one of these like middling pitchers that you're like, okay, he's a veteran. I know what he is. I mean, Rodriguez can be, like you said, but with Detmers, one of those draft winning picks if he makes the open day roster and, you know, stays on it and pitches up to his potential. And because you mentioned him, uh, the other guy I had on my list that I didn't want to talk about is Hunter Green, <laughs> uh, ADP 111. He has the potential. He's a big strikeout guy, had um, 164 in 125 innings last year, but he's not going to get wins with the Reds. He's going to give up probably more home runs than he should at, at that ballpark. So I can see him you know, becoming one of these top 25, top 20 pitchers in a uh, fantasy baseball where right now he's being drafted as the 41st pitcher, uh, 112 ADP, you know, right there above Severino Webb, Logan Gilbert, Blake Snell. So it's not, it's not a bad, it's not a bad pick. I don't think, but it's getting to the point where, you know, especially in these best ball drafts, I'm seeing him go w- way too high. So he, he's someone that I, I want to see more of it before I finally put him in like the top hundred ADP. Yeah, my game plan with Hunter Green this year because he is somebody that I want on my team, but I don't want to draft him where he's being drafted at. So my plan is to let somebody else draft him. And then when he struggles for a few starts, I love trading in all fantasy Mm. sports, especially fantasy baseball. I'll let him struggle for a few starts and I'll see if I can get him at a little bit of a discount that I'm more comfortable with and buy low on him if somebody is willing to sell him low and then roster him for the rest of the year and I'll ride out those rocky starts because that stretch he had at the end of the year where he had like five straight starts there were all was it they were all quality starts he struck out double digits in like three of the five the last game he didn't wa- I think he struck out eight and walked none something ridiculous like that uh I went to the Reds practice facility when I was at spring training it was probably the coolest thing I did and Arizona because we went to the Guardians practice facility, which is right next door to it out there in Goodyear. Couldn't really get in, but the kids got to sit out behind the outfield wall while some of the guys are doing batting practice. And I think we got five. The kids got five balls. And That's Will cool. Brennan, shout out him. Uh, autographed a ball for my son, who my son is not a very big baseball fan, but he's six. And I learned that he has no shame when it comes to asking for stuff. He got the ball. <laughs> 
Uh, he wanted to bring a pen so he could try to get an autograph. All the kids did. Uh, Will Brennan was in the outfield, and my son just walked right up to the fence. He was probably 20 yards away, and he just kept going, will you autograph this? Over and over and over. And after they were done, like with their little, their quick little BP session, they're picking up balls. He ran over and he signed both my son's baseballs for him, which is cool. And then I got to walk around the Reds practice facility, which is literally like in their practice facility. Like we're walking around, the kids are playing catch, like right next to the Reds players also playing catch. My son tried to sit on the the <laughs> training bench where the players were getting <laughs> like <laughs> their injuries checked on. He tried to sit on one of them, so it's cool. Yeah, Hunter Green, they're not going to win a lot of games out there. That's a long way for me to get to that point. Not going to win a lot of games, no. but try and get him on a discount if you can. I, I can't advise drafting him, even though he's electric with them 100-mile-an-hour fastballs, but see if you can get him on a discount a couple starts into the year. Yeah, I don't hate that idea at all, especially if it's a, a shallower league or if you have more of a, uh, a, a an owner that is willing to cut bait on him. I could see him being dropped if he, like – after April has a five ERA and it's like mm-hmm. one and one and three or something. Yeah. But uh, if you guys are enjoying this, which I'm hoping you are, thanks for checking out episode 44. Make sure you follow us on Apple podcast. You can just search baseball money is fake or just type right into your browser. SG.pn slash fake baseball. Same for Spotify. It's SG.pn slash fake baseball. S. Check us out on YouTube. We upload all of these these videos up on YouTube. So if you're more of the watch it on there because you want to see our beautiful faces type, we're right there. I upload all the episodes after we're done recording. Uh, TikTok. Again, I never felt like I was going to be a TikTok person ever, but we made one for the show and it's been pretty fun. We upload some fun videos out there, also podcast clips. So you can check us over there. Facebook, search baseball money is fake. We're literally everywhere is the point I'm trying to get out there. We're literally everywhere. You can follow us on any and everything. Uh, there's no can't follow us on all. So keep that in mind. And if you want to follow, follow me at Balake, B-U-H-H-L-O-C-K-A-Y-E. And you can follow me on Twitter at rgilbertsop. And we'll catch you guys next time. Peace. Oh